Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, everything's set in stone. Now it's all about the weight. 13 days of it until Super Bowl 58. San Francisco opened up as a two-point favorite. It's already down to one. A lot of early Kansas City money pouring in. Your total, 47 and a half. The matchup coming up in Las Vegas. And you can continue to dream. Jacksonville remains one of uh, 12 teams out of the 32 in the NFL, who has never won a Super Bowl. Detroit had an opportunity yesterday to go from four to three as far as teams who have never been to a Super Bowl. We know the two longstanding organizations, Cleveland and Detroit, have yet to go. And, of course, in the AFC, uh, in the AFC South, a couple of new franchises, both Jacksonville and Houston, have yet to get into uh, a Super Bowl. But it's there, and... That's what it's all about, right? One of these days, it's going to happen, as uh, as Blondie wrote, right? Dreaming. Uh, dreaming is free. Uh, and it is. And it's a wonderful thing, whether you daydream, whether you night dream. And I'm one of those who's kind of lucid with my dreams. I know that I'm dreaming. I can take my dreams with me. I can make myself bigger in my dreams. I can do things in my dreams that I know I could never do in real life. And it's... Uh, it's actually a whole heck of a lot of fun. But it's going to happen, Jacksonville. And I hope to be here with you when it does happen. One of these days, you are going to be able to say the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to the Super Bowl. And this offseason, again, is going to be one of the greatest that this organization has ever seen. There's just so many mammoth moves that needs to be made. And we're going to keep you updated here nightly with the bulky files and uh, the moves that he makes. Now, we won't know if they can be, uh, in fact, um, you know, graded upon immediately. Typically, the only way you would know that is if you're bringing in a, a free agent who's done some really good things in the league or you re-sign a current player here who's done some really good things in the league. And obviously, that's the case when you look at a Josh Allen. Then you drop it quite a bit when you get to Calvin Ridley. I threw out Ridley, and I have a few times. It's about 50%. Sign him long-term. Sign him, you know, you, again, you can't put a franchise tag on Calvin Ridley. The guy needs to practice. Uh, that was proven this year, uh, this past season, with the entire miscommunication that happened with this football team. But it is going to be very interesting, uh, no doubt about it. Yesterday, just an amazing comeback by San Francisco. And... You know, we're, we're in such a time where criticism happens immediately. And, you know, Dan Campbell made uh, decisions that were costly. 
And he's taking the punch. He's not making any excuses. Obviously, you got to go for a field goal. You know, those two second-half opportunities, uh, both times to go it, you know, to go for it on fourth down ended up really hurting uh, this football team. And then the mammoth fumble by Gibbs with 315. I'll make that 515 to go. In the third quarter, you had to drop passes. You had uh, at least two bad penalties I can think of. You had kind of the freak scenario where, you know, it hit uh, a Detroit Lions face mask and went back to Iuke. I mean, it just seems like that that was almost comparable to like a David Tyree against the New England Patriots or a Mario Manningham against the New England Patriots. I mean, it's things like that that do happen in huge games, this case an NFC championship, um, that you can't foresee, you can't predict. It just happens. I mean, San Francisco down 17. They're done. It's over. Then all of a sudden, you allow 27 unanswered points. And San Francisco does advance now to knock off, uh, or does knock off Detroit and will now take on Kansas City. And and this is star-powered football. For the record, I thought it would be Baltimore. I did. uh, And they really reared their ugly head. I know they're going crazy right now in that city but a lot of really undisciplined play by the Baltimore Ravens. Some brutally cost, um, you know, some some brutal penalties that just cost them with the game on the line, and, and you can't do that. So Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's beginning now to really head into the type of territory that we've only seen once, historically speaking, in the NFL, uh, doing what Tom Brady did very early on in New England. Of course, Brady was able to do it with a with a really good second uh, link as well with the Patriots. How much longer is this thing going to stay together, win or lose for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes? If they do win it in Super Bowl 58, is that the end of the road for Andy Reid? Is that the end of the road for um, Kelsey? And, and some others. I mean, we talked about Chris Jones last week on the program. He's going to want to get paid. Uh, he did this year, making you know $25 million after all the incentives. But winning is important. But it's not everything to all of these guys. Making the most amount of money, I think, is just as important, if not more important, in a lot of set of scenarios. And if you're winning another Super Bowl and winning your third in the last, what, half dozen years? Um, yeah. I think the opportunity to move on and either call it a career, do some other things, or perhaps go to another organization and make some money is probably what a lot of these guys are going to do. Hey, for what it's worth with the Super Bowl, all right, and I we had a conversation about this before airtime, everything changes. I don't like change. I'm a, I'm a normal guy who likes normal things, simple things. You know, and it's like, Everything changes. You know, you get the NHL All-Star Weekend coming up, and, you know, there's three games here and 11 skaters. and I mean, and, and it's not like the old days when, you know, you just put two teams out there and the final would be 15-14 because there's no defense and there's very little goaltending and it's this guy's teeing off on one another. Well, we're going to make a change there. And, you know, you make a change with the players, which should be in March. You know, should be in May. Now we're going to put it in March. We're going to put it there, and and you and I know we're a month and some change away, but there's no way they're going to get four rounds in in March, and it's going to go off and be completed the way that everyone around the PGA Tour thinks it is going to be. We're going to have rain delays. 
We're going to have cancellations. It happens every single year in March, right? You're going to take off. You're going to bring the family on a Thursday. You're going to see three holes, and the heavens are going to open up, and the rains are going to come, and then all of a sudden you're going to hear that, you know, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't. And instead of just keeping it in May, when it was perfect, when no one complained, and I do understand that way back when it used to be in March and then changed a bit. But anyway, that's another example of change, right? What's changing? I mean, wh- why would you keep the PAT in the NFL where it's always been? Uh-uh. Let's make this a big deal now and, 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 and push it way back. So now it's legitimately a point after attempt uh, in a situation where you could miss it, right? What's changed that? All right, so everything's changed. You know what hasn't? Super Bowl 58, okay? I don't know when I learned about Roman numerals, but as far as I'm concerned, I I sat here for like five minutes trying to figure out what Super Bowl it was because you drop in, uh, what is it? It's Super Bowl 58. Let me actually look this up. Do you have it in front of you over there, JJ? I know we were just talking about before we went on the air. Super Bowl 58 is LV111. It's stupid. Why do we still have numeral whatever for a Super Bowl? Okay? There's nothing remotely, uh, I don't know, comparative, you know, comparative that you can use Roman numerals with the Super Bowl. And... You know, I'm just trying to figure out how many Super Bowls we've had in our lifetime. And all of a sudden I look at it, it's one, two, three. But but nothing is is given to you the way that it is supposed to be. And why the Roman numerals um, continuously here with the Super Bowl, as far as I'm concerned, it, it's one thing that, that should change. And where else do you use Roman numerals? Uh, it's like everything else that I learned You know, I saw this thing that came in today that blew me away. It was a survey here in Jacksonville, which I want to get into if I do have time here in a little bit. And it said that 41.3% of Jacksonville's business owners never went to college, okay? It's the 15th most in the United States of America. Nearly half of the business owners in this town never went to school. Okay, and then you take someone like me who went to school and learned and studied, and I forgot all of this crap, but then it comes to simple math, and you have things that you learned, and you had things that you understand, and to this day still, uh, to some set of circumstances, use when it comes to simple addition and subtraction. But everything outside studied, mathematically speaking, I have no idea what I learned. And calculus, algebra, algebra, tru- uh, algebra two, um, trig. Uh, looking at my daughter's homework, twenty some odd years later, and they're like, "Daddy, Daddy, can you help me here?" And I'm like, "No, I cannot help you. I'm sorry." When I actually went to school, I had an idea what it was, but I never used it once in my life, and I don't believe that I'll ever use it once in my life. Yet that is the system that we are in, right? It's about challenging your mind. They're not saying to you as teachers, they're not saying to you as uh, a head of school systems and superintendents of schools. It's, it's not about 
learn this and retain it because you're going to need to use it in your life. Uh Uh-uh. It's let's try to confuse these kids. Let's see which ones can handle it. Then they'll move to the next level. They'll go to the next uh, whatever it may be. And again, they're never going to use it, but we just want to be able to identify who's got it as far as book smarts and who doesn't have it as far as book smarts. Am I wrong? I mean, is there any one of you out there that has ever used any of this math? I mean, when you're an architect, do you use it? When you are a, uh, a professional in, in a field of being any type of a, of a doctor, uh, do you use it? When you are building homes and you are laying pipe and you are putting on new roofs and you're paving roads, do you use it? Okay. Because I never did. But it was such a big deal. It includes the freaking Super Bowl. Why the Roman numerals? It's not traditional. It's not something that um, we need or something that you look forward to, right? I mean, you're not even allowed. I'm not even allowed to say Super Bowl party, okay? That's how greedy the NFL is. That's Shad Khan and the 31 other owners. There's so much greed that they won't even let you say that you're attending a Super Bowl party, okay? Yet they put these stupid... Roman, I'm telling you, it took me five minutes to figure out what Super Bowl was coming up. Maybe I'm the only one with this problem. Perhaps I'm not. Uh, either way, you can let us know. The best way to get a hold of us is on the text line at 641-1010. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. All right, coming up tonight, we got a lot of good things to do. And I'm looking forward to this conversation with Sammy Smith. I haven't spoken to Sammy in quite some time. He... uh. He was an unbelievable athlete. He, he was a mixture of power and speed. I mean, he was 6'2", 226 at Florida State. This man ran track with Deion Sanders and Dexter Carter. But for those Florida State fans who are there, who are old enough to remember, he, he was a true superstar. All right, When I got to Florida State's campus in 1987, he and Deion Sanders were the two legitimate stars at that university. Now, Deion Sanders obviously was a, a, a totally different animal in self-promotion. And to this day, he's one of the greatest of all time. As a matter of fact, during that tenure of the mid-80s into the late 80s, I don't think there's ever been two better self-promoters then Deion Sanders and Brian Bosworth. They, they really changed the entire landscape of, uh, of college football and, and what they did. But there's been a lot of, I think, misinformation over the years on Dion. that Dion is a bad guy, that Dion was a trash talker. He was never that way. What Deion Sanders always did was he spent his time promoting himself. Not talking bad about others, but promoting himself. And what, five, six years ago, he came in here and he spoke to the Jaguars and he called out Jalen Ramsey with that. He's like, Jalen, your problem is that you're calling out Josh Allen. You're calling out these teams. You're calling out these quarterbacks. Uh, That's not the way it works. Instead, spend your time promoting yourself. So I do. I think to this day, it remains one of the biggest um, missed stories when it comes to identifying a player. 
you go to a bar room right now and bring up Deion Sanders, the guy next to you is going to tell you he was a he was a trash talker. And, you know, he talked crap about other players. He never did. He promoted himself. Sammy Smith was a totally different situation. He was kind of a silent assassin. You never really heard anything from Sammy Smith. He, he was kind of unassuming. He was kind of um, lethargic, right? It was like, get Sammy up, you know? Let's get Sammy ready today. Sammy, you got to play today. You know, you got Tulane. You got a chance to get the ball 10 times and run it for 230 yards. Are you interested? Sammy, there's a big game coming up against Florida. Can we get you motivated uh, for this one? It, that, that's, that's the feeling that you had with Sammy Smith. A great Sammy Smith was absolutely unstoppable. I mean, a powerful engine running downhill. I mean, a, a, a bona fide, really big back. And I'm not talking about a Pete Johnson, or I'm not talking about a an Ironhead Haywood, or a Nigerian Knight. I'm talking about a guy who could run. He was on the track team, as I said. He, he was in that um, uh, the four team relay with Dion and uh, and Dexter Carter. This man could run, but it was he was. It, it, I think, and I'm going to ask him, you know, coming up is, did you give it your all? He still went high in the first round to Miami, and then went over to Denver. He had a really bad fumbling problem. And he was the ninth overall pick in the 1989 draft by the Miami Dolphins, and they really thought he was going to be a savior there. But that's the thing that was always really interesting to me. I look at all the great backs at Florida State, and I I think the most disappointing, in my opinion, will probably always be either Lorenzo Booker or Marquette Smith. Marquette Smith just got beat out by better players, all right, namely Warwick Dunn. Lorenzo Booker had it all, and Billy Sexton's system then of rotation didn't work well. Leon Washington, I thought, was the better back, and Anton Smith came in, but whatever. It was just kind of a messed up um, situation at that point for Florida State. And if you look at Booker's numbers, they were good. They were adequate, but he was supposed to be a star. You know, He was supposed to be better than Travis Minor. He was supposed to be better than Leon Washington, better than Dexter Carter, better than Amp Lee, better than Sean Jacks, better than all these backs, right? And, and you were going to battle. And, and I'm not going back to the Allen days or stuff before I got there. Uh, but to this day, you know, Dalvin Cook's the best back. Number two's work done. And then you can really trade punches on who was the third best back that FSU has ever had. Sammy Smith is in that conversation. And when it's talent only, he had more talent than Warwick Dunn. I can't say he had more than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was just a freak. And Dalvin Cook ran behind a really, really poor offensive line. That, that began that really long period of time where, where Florida State's offensive line was just awful. And Dalvin Cook, I mean, you went from Devontae Freeman, who did some nice things on a good NFL line. All of those players made it to the NFL. No, no superstardom out of it. I mean, Stork, what? Won an MVP. Uh, Stork, uh, as a center, went from winning uh, a national championship to being a rookie, uh, winning a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. And, you know, Irving is still in the league. Some others kind of came and went. But after that, in Devontae Freeman, despite the success of Dalvin Cook and Cam Akers, the offensive line has really, really gone down. 
but in my world, he's the third best running back to ever play at Florida State behind Cook and behind Dunn. But again, if you size it up with talent only, it was like Tamaric Vanover before he got fat. I mean, just think about what Tamaric Vanover could have been like if his head was in it um, and he wasn't involved in other things as a wide receiver. For those of you who do not know, he spent seven years in jail, did Sammy Smith. Um, he was hit uh, on a big uh, case which involved uh, you know, distributing cocaine, and he went away. He has written a book now, and I'm going to allow him to explain this. It's all about uh, you know, recovery, um, j- just a really a second opportunity at life. And I haven't seen the book yet. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if it's out yet. But I got with Sammy, and uh, I-, I believe you can pre-order it. We may even be at the point now where it actually is in bookstores. We'll find that coming up in a little bit with Sammy Smith. But I think you'll enjoy this because for, for those who, again, around my age, maybe a little bit longer in the tooth, you've been in this state for a while, you've been a big football fan for a while, Sammy Smith Absolutely. Florida State and then into the NFL, he was a big deal. And that was a career that came to a crashing end, uh, unfortunately, long before when it should have. So that's coming up here in just a little bit as well. Uh, Looking forward to talking to Sammy Smith. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Shmunez Vision. Dr. Neil Shmunez and I go way back. And, you know, one of my first meetings with him uh, when I got back into town, actually, it wasn't one of my first meetings. It, it was a little bit after that. But just visiting him uh, one day, it was a, a normal eye examination, you know, which I continuously do at least a couple times a year. Sometimes I visit more if I'm concerned that um, uh, my vision is bothering me or whatever. Is that ever an issue for you? You just kind of wake up one day and you're like, my vision's out of line. My vision's out of whack. And, you know, you're wondering if it's allergies. You're wondering if um, it's the change in the weather. Maybe you're wondering if it's something more significant than that, like maybe an issue with a cataract. So I went in one day not feeling anything out of the, uh, out of the norm. And he's like, bro, you got an issue. You're right eye. We got to get this thing taken out of there tomorrow. So this is part of what they are all about, okay? We're talking about total commitment in everything that includes – medical, and surgical eye care. I didn't have to go looking for another doctor or someone to do this. Uh Uh-uh. The very next day, he went in and removed what needed to be removed inside my right eye. Okay, Dr. Catherine Schmunez, fellowship trained in cornea cataract surgery. Combined, there's uh, the two has more than 30 years worth of experience when it comes to laser eye surgery. So no matter what it is and what your situation may be, I want you to check them out online. Just go to schmunezvision.com. That is schmunezvision.com, care you can see. All right, tons to do tonight, no doubt about it. Let's get this week started off the right way. What a weekend for games in the NFL. A little bit of downtime now before the Super Bowl. But everything that is going on, we're going to hit here tonight and throughout the next couple of weeks until Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Also coming up in 20 minutes, we'll talk with Sammy Smith. He's got a brand new book that is out. To the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Little, little Blondie, not a big fan, but, uh, you know, 
okay, but I, I tell you what, the show The Deuce came out in 2017. It's really seedy. I like it. It's um, James Franco, who himself is seedy, right? And I do not support any of those ongoing allegations, but he plays, um, I don't know if he plays, I forget if he plays Frankie Brothers. Martino. Okay, does he play Brothers, uh, Twin Brothers? He plays two characters oh. in the show, uh, but it's it's fascinating. It's back when, yes, you know, Frankie and uh, Vincent. Times Square was, was uh, it was the red light district. You know, it's, you go now, you know, it's part of the tour trap. You know, everyone wants to go down there and spend $16 for an ice cold cocktail, whatever it may be, which um, I guess is cheap. And what does it cost now at the bank? What, $18 for a beer? <laughs> no comment. Unbelievable, man. I mean, it's just nuts. But I really enjoyed this. You know, it kind of took you back into the 70s and, and the way it was then. Um, so the guy who made this helped make uh, the wire. Oh yeah, and 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 one of my favorites, which is really interesting because I I think the wire, I think they stole that idea from the combat zone in Boston. The 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 thinking in Boston with those magnificent politicians, what they said was crime's gonna happen. Filth is going to happen. So let's take the prostitution and the drugs. And if you want to get, you know, a piece, meaning a, you know, a gun or a knife or anything, let's put it all together in a small little hood and keep all of the crime in a small little part of the city. Well, what happened is it became such a tourist attraction that, People would visit Boston. And they're like, no, nah, I don't know. I don't need to go see the Tea Party. Now nah, I'm okay. I yeah, I'll miss out on the U.S. Con- uh, USS Constitution, uh, Faneuil Hall. You know, Quincy. Mar- now nah, I'm good. Let's go to the Combat Zone. <laughs> so that's where they would all go with the strippers and the peep shows and all that time. And, and until that kid, that white, that white dude, got murdered, the white football player at Harvard. Uh, in in uh, an incredible, you know, in a city that I'm not proud of, but racially uh, motivated for for generations, you kill a white Harvard football player right there on the sidewalk in the combat zone. They knocked that damn thing down. Took a few years, but that was it. But I think the wire stole that idea uh, from Boston's combat zone. I can't imagine what it must have been like though, in the uh, old Times Square because it was, you know, 10 times the size of what you had in Boston. But some really good actresses in here. Ma- Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it. She's kind of like a madam. James Franco's just out of it. I, I, I love this character actor. Her name is Margarita Laviva, and she's done a lot of good stuff. She's just, she's just awesome. What are these things that, like, these yuppies do? I know we talked about it, like, a month or so ago, where, you, like, you have, like, that one cheat that you're allowed. 
You yes, know? if you could sleep with one right. person. I mean, these really it's cool. it's always like, yeah. yeah, my girlfriend would let me sleep with Jennifer Aniston. Right, right, right. No <laughs> doubt. Meanwhile, you know, he's working like on his fourth marriage. Yeah, yeah. But they have that little agreement that, yeah, somehow in Hollywood yeah. now. Hey, listen. He's I, actually cheating on his wife with the fat lady at work. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa, 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 J.J. LaSalva. Yeah, the, the the agreement is in, though, that if, uh, yeah, I told my husband that if you can get with Jennifer Aniston, have at it. Yeah. I, I, I love when these couples are, uh, you know, they're just so, they know what each other's thinking. So is she yours? Yeah. She, uh, right. Yes. That's it. Margarita Leviva. Yeah, she's very, she's Russian. Oh. Okay. Well, then maybe I should take that back because the Russian mob is fluent, I understand, in Palm's, uh, Palm Coast. Uh, not nearly as fluid as it was in Chicago, which they were absolutely all over the place. But uh, anyway, if, if you're looking for something, right, I mean, isn't this kind of like the, oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's the 29th day of January. We have one football game left, and then we have month after 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 month of no football. What am I going to do? I'll tell you what to do. Watch the deuce. It's a great series. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think you will as well. Some really good character actors that, that you know from, uh, from other things like uh, Michael Raspoli, who was the original Don in Sopranos. Yeah. Right? He's the one who dies and then Tony takes over. Anything on HBO is going to be probably good. Yep. Like, there's a very high chance if it's an original HBO show, it's going to be good. By the way, last season of Curb starts on Sunday. Very excited. I don't know if you ever got into that. What is it? Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I did way back when. Yeah, it, it, it'll it go like five years without a season, uh, but apparently this is the end. Okay. Larry's very old. Um, Chris Bauer's in it. You mentioned The Wire. He's the one that kind of headed up the, the, uh, the episode with the cans, you know, when they were the whole sex trade, when they were bringing uh, – Importing and exporting uh, women. Um, he, he's the guy who kind of headed up that whole, I don't know what you call him, the general manager or the on-site manager. If you see him, you'll, he, he's a guy that you absolutely will recognize. You, the name won't do anything for you, but he's one of those character actors that, that really uh, um, is good. So anyway, I just recommend that. I think you'll, you'll like it. It's called The Deuce. <laughs> I can't believe how much stuff I got here on uh, on Roman numerals. Not one person called me out on it. Everyone agrees with me. The 7777 says, hey, Baloo, it's Super Bowl Swifty 8. Oh. So there you have it. Good stuff there. I think that we just do the Roman numerals because they just started doing it. Probably, and they're just like, whatever, we'll keep it going. They probably got to like Super Bowl 10, and they're like, it's a tradition now. X looks pretty cool. And now we just roll with it. Like, literally, nothing else besides UFC counts, like, keeps a count. No one's like, oh, it's World Series 142 this year. I'm pumped for that. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. No, it, we, 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 and just- you don't, it, it would make sense if you could, like, Oh, I remember Super Bowl 32, and you could like instantly, but nobody does now, that. Nobody. I remember Super Bowl like, one. Super yeah. Bowl one, I can tell you, that one was Green and Bay. Two was Green Bay, right? Right. But Max like, McGee was hungover. And, 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 unless it's maybe your team winning it, I 
I don't think anyone, you know, remembers the number with the winner. I could put any one of my Boston boys on the horn right now and say for 10,000 bucks, right. can you name one of the six Super Bowls that your Patriots won? Can you give it to me either by number or by Roman numeral? Yeah, right. And there's out. not a chance that any one of those knuckleheads would even come close. Because it's unimportant. Well, why do we have it? I don't. I just think it's become a tradition at this point, and there's so much marketing behind it. Think about they hire a whole team to create a logo with XXXV, whatever, III, or whatever it is this year. Like, that's a whole thing. They choose the color, and like, oh my God, the amount of money and time that they probably go into that is sickening. Capitalism is fine. It is. And greed is fine, you know, if you've earned it. But there are times my blood will boil. And the worst part of any of this, whoever thought you cannot say Super Bowl party? I mean, how just how absurd is that? And, and, and how did that get brought up? At what point were these crusty old owners are all sitting in a hotel conference room somewhere did someone say oh I got one for you here guys let's prevent everyone in marketing every restaurant every sports bar every radio station every television station everyone online on the internet on the internet you are not allowed to say Super Bowl party hell you're not even allowed to say the big game party genius you can't I think that you can say it, you just can't make money. Like, if we were advertising a Super Bowl party where we are selling tickets, like a 1010XL Super Bowl party here, it's 20 bucks to come watch the game, then I think we would get in trouble. But uh, we're just allowed to say it, but yeah, that's it's ridiculous. Oh, you can say it the way I said it. Yeah, but you can't I make money off of saying... Right, I'm not saying where I'm going to be for the Super Bowl Super party. Bowl. Right. Now, if I come out and say, hey, I'm going to be at this place for a Super Bowl party, we can get in trouble here. <laughs> we can it's crazy it is but it's just i mean i'm all about working hard and making money it's 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 uh you know that i was gonna say that's why you go to school that's why you work hard until i got this survey 41 percent of the business owners in jacksonville never went to college oh my god it's like bad parenting my entire it is so important that you do well in school and that you grab yourself an education Okay, I, I guess. Really don't have an answer for you. Sammy Smith, ladies and gentlemen, the ultimate highs and the absolute worst of the lows. He's been through it all. The former Florida State Seminole, Miami Dolphins, got a brand new book that's out. He joins Rick Ballou next. We go into the night. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. All right, Sammy Smith had a Hall of Fame career at Florida State. I went to school with Sammy those same years. He was uh, the BMOC, no doubt about it. First-round draft pick by the Dolphins and then went on to play for the Denver Broncos. He's got a brand-new book that is out. It chronicles everything, the ultimate highs and, unfortunately, the lows uh, for Sammy Smith. And the book is called My Name is Not 18121 dash. 018. My number was given, but my name was 
redeemed. Sammy Smith joins Rick Belew. Sammy, congratulations on uh, putting this book together. I appreciate a few moments of your time. Hey, Rick. Thanks, man. I appreciate you inviting me to be on your show. I'm sorry I couldn't make it uh, last Friday, but I was really excited when I saw the the message for from you today inviting me. So thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and I, I'm looking forward to reading this. You know, just kind of take us through the whole process when when you decided to uh, to sit down. I think it's Tim and Knox who wrote it with you, and and how this all came about. Well, Rick, I, I've known for some time that there was a book, you know, inside of me. Um, you know, my journey. Uh, the ebbs and flows, man, the ups and downs. And uh, I actually started writing about 15 years ago. And I, I hit a little writer's block. And, and I'm thankful that uh, I did because, you know, when we do things in our time, and it's never never the right time. But when we allow God to uh, move in, in our lives, and uh, he added so much more that I would have had to share at this time that wouldn't have been there. So um, I was excited to get going again and uh, just kind of be able to give folks a, just a window into uh, my journey. Uh, everything's not there. There's so much more that I I will add, hopefully on another book. But uh, I got a chance to just kind of share uh, some of my life. Uh, again, the ups and downs and the, the title of that book, uh, my name is not 18121. People probably wonder what is that, but that was a federal bureau of prisons number that was assigned to me uh, as I went through a difficult uh, chapter of my life. And so uh, the book is designed to be encouraging, uh, to uplift people and to let folks know that, you know, that may be enduring some difficult time, that there's hope on the other side of it if we'll just trust the process and, and allow ourselves to learn lessons that uh uh, we may learn along the way that that will make us better people. Sammy Smith, our guest. Sammy, I can't imagine what it's like going to prison, being in prison, but I, I can't imagine what it must have been like for you to have the ultimate high, uh, to be a superstar in college, uh, to be a first-round draft pick, to have everything, and then all of a sudden it's lost. Uh, I can't imagine mentally and emotionally what that must have been like. Well, you know, when I look at it from my eyes and, you know, my glass window, um, you know, I I can't imagine what it's like for people that not have had that opportunity to uh, experience the things that I do and to go through that. So they'll they'll never know the other side of it, right? They'll never know uh, how blessed they were to uh, be able to, you know, accomplish things like I did athletically. But, uh, uh, on the other side of that, for me, you know, I, I got a chance really to reflect on how I had those abilities, where they came from. You know, they were they were given to me by God. And so um, that time was uh, a difficult time, but it was a time that I think I used wisely to, to get, gain a perspective on really life and uh, to see what God had for me and the purpose that he had for my life. Although it was a difficult time and a time that Certainly, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't want want to do it. But uh, it's helped make me into the man that I am today. And I'm excited about sharing and impacting other people's lives. That's been like a, a mission of mine now. You know, I've been working with Fellowship of Christian Athletes for 12 years. I just did a seven-year stint with Old Mrs. Football Program, working as their character director and chaplain for the 
team and the coaches. And so I'm excited to be back home in Florida and continuing my um, mission with FCA Outdoors here for our youth in the state of Florida. Well, it, it, it sounds like it's an incredible message. Now, your relationship with God, did, did you have that at Florida State? Did you have that in the NFL? Or is this something that you discovered when you were behind bars? Well, I always had a, a semblance of a relationship. You know, I grew up in the church. I always was uh, in church with my family. Uh, but I didn't have a real experience with uh with Jesus, man, until, you know, I had that episode in my life where, you know, I got an opportunity to really slow down and and realize, you know, the impact that um, having and, and, and building the relationship with Christ could have on me, you know. And so um, I think that that's when it really got serious for me. And I really, you know, saw and felt how much I needed uh, Jesus in my life. And, and I actually was able to discover my purpose. And my purpose was, of course, to be able to impact people and to share my journey. And uh, at the end of the day, it was it was never about football, right? Football is just something that comes, it starts and it has a finish, right? Sports. But uh, eternally is, is, is our soul and, you know, where, where we'll be in, you know, the rest of our eternity. And so I'm excited, again, just to be able to share my journey and hopefully impact some lives along the way. Yeah. All right. Uh, last last question for you, Sammy. Um, helping people feels great. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling to help someone. What I mean, scoring a big touchdown and, and, and all of that, the rush and, and, and the energy that, that that must be like, compare – a huge touchdown like that to being able to get your message across to a youngster out there that is going through difficult times. And certainly you've been through them, but now you're able to kind of take them through it. What's that like? Well, for me, Rick, it's no comparison. I'll give you one example. And uh, this kid is from up in your area. Um, I had a my first fishing tournament when I got back here uh, in May this year. I put on a tournament in August here in the Harris chain here where I live in Lake County, Florida. And I had about 46 teams that were here that compiled of, you know, two fishermen and a a boat captain. So you're talking about, uh, you know, close to what, 90, 90 kids and another, you know, 40 some adults that we were able to impact and share our time with over that weekend and get to know folks. And, And I had a kid from up your way that, uh, I just kind of connected with, and, um, you know, we start just spending time talking, you know, a few times a week, he's come down and gone fishing with me. And then finally he felt so comfortable just kind of unpacking some things that he was going through and, uh, some difficult things that he was dealing with in his life. And, um, and so I was able to see him get, uh, reinvigorated. Right. And, And I was able to share my faith with him. And for him to, you know, figure out what God has purpose for him. And, you know, he, he accepted Christ. And, man, you're talking about a win. Uh, man, that, that that's greater than any touchdown that I ever scored. It's just being able to have the opportunity to pour into a young man's life that hopefully will um, allow that to spill over to his peers and the people that are in his circle of influence. And just uh, seeing his life change for the, for the better, man, was incredible. Powerful story. 
Sammy, tell us how to uh, get the book, please. Well, we've got a uh, pre-order right now. It's not going to actually be officially released until August. And so it's on Amazon and all the bookstore outlets right now. But I actually have copies that you can go to my website, which is name not one eight one two one zero one eight dot my dot canva dot site um and uh i have copies that you can purchase there and you know if you want them signed i'll sign it just kind of let me know in the notation and then i'll mail it off to you well i'm going to get one i want to read this story sammy and I, i'm going to have you back on uh throughout the months as we get closer to the official release but uh, i'm looking forward to talking with you after i get an opportunity to read it but Really happy for you. Really proud that you're putting this out there, Sammy. And I appreciate a few moments of your time. Hey, well, go knows, man. I actually got a few of our uh, Seminoles that endorsed it for me. Of course, Coach Norvell and Charlie Ward and Ward Dunn and Coach Gladden. And so I'm excited about it. And again, uh, just thankful that, that God put it on my heart to, to share it. Um, you know, the last 12 chapters are based around my last year with Ole Miss, around the chapel topic, the pregame topic that um, I shared with our, our football team. And so I just went a little more in depth in the message uh, in the book. So I just hope it's uh, impactful to the people that read it and that it offers them hope. Appreciate it, Sammy. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and uh, we'll do it again as we get a little bit closer to the release date. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate you, Rick. There he goes. Sammy Smith. Good stuff. Looking forward to reading it. I, I usually don't, uh, uh, you, you know, do hits with um, uh, until I read the book. You know, I, uh, that's, you know, when I'm not talking, I'm listening. And when I'm not listening, I'm reading. I, I, that's all I do is read. The older I get, the more I read. Um. <laughs> as opposed to Roman numerals that we were talking about earlier. But uh, I, I do. I, I, I love reading, and I, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, the older we get, right, um, that, that's why the whole thing about being bored or boring, it's like, that's impossible. I mean, there's so many things that I want to do. There's so many things that interest me. And hey, last up, uh, it was Friday, uh, JJ. I we um went to the library. They they were like selling books. They have like these book sales like two or three times a year. It was like ten to two, so we get there at like ten fifteen. You know, figured I'd get in there early. Uh, bro, you got people tailgating outside what? of the library. You got bonfires. You got people with barbecues. You got folks shotgunning beers <laughs> to go in. I saw Vito Stellino in there, and we were talking about the the bulky press con. And but but um, it, it is. It uh, you're a huge reader too. I am. It one of the few. When people come into my apartment, and they see books. They're like, "Wow, yeah. what are those?" It's sad that it's become like a thing of the past, but. We are constantly on our phones reading things. It oh, might yeah. not be like, you know, they, they show old videos or old photos from back in the day, and it's everybody sitting on a train, reading a minding their own business, reading their newspaper. This is the same thing to me. I mean, there's a lot more inane BS on your phone 
uh, than in a paper, but still, you're doing some sort of reading, I would hope. But it's such a great hobby. I love it, man. I, I, mean, I wish more people... I My mom forced me to read growing up, so that's why well, I, I still love okay, it. Okay, and I get that. And, and, and reading growing up I became it. more like a chore. Yes. More like a punishment. You know, you have to read. You have to read. Obviously, for this job, all we do is read. Right. Okay, but I'm talking about getting away from the gig. And, and you know, every once in a while you hear me talk about, like, I was just talking about the deuce here. And well, I've read all those books. I, I've read the books on, the, uh, on, on Times Square. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. Back Reading, when, when you read stuff you like, it's fun. And it's so much better. You, you can't, I, I mean, outside of Jaws, and I, I read Peter Benchley's Jaws. And I got Mario Puzo, and I've got The Godfathers. And I'll, it, th- th- there's, a, there's only a few that I, like someone said, hey, you know, I saw Black Mass. You know, the whitey bulge of black, what'd you think? And I was like, I honestly thought it sucked. <laughs> they, they tried to make whitey bulger kind of seem like, you know, warm and fuzzy towards the end of it. Go read the book. Go read. It, it's so much better, but. I don't know what it is trying to get that connection. I think once you get it and you understand it, no matter where you go or what you do, it's um, it, it's probably the greatest thing you can have you, if you are you a reader. You make your own movie in your mind. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Sammy, great interview. I love guys like that. Like it, when you do seven years, that's that's a pretty long time. Like they're uh, most. People aren't coming out after seven years and like, you know, living a life like he is. It's most of the time they're institutionalized or they're going right back. They're living a life of crime on the street. Like that's it's very commendable. And uh, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading this book again. uh, You can go to his website, which is, uh, you know, just pull up Sammy Smith. It's it's S-A-M-M-I-E. For those of you who are wondering, uh, the name of the book is my name. It's not one eight one two one dash zero one eight, which, as he said, that was his federal number uh, when he was in prison. Uh, it's only seventeen ninety nine, very affordable. Okay, and uh, you can get that right now. But uh, you know, I've spoken with Sammy over the years, kind of lost contact with him for a while. I, I've been able to reconnect, so I'm I'm going to have Sammy on here and there because he's he's very very good. Um, at what he does, just talking in general. I, I wanted to make this all about the book and hopefully some sales for his book, uh, so I really didn't even have an opportunity to get in uh, to uh, to any of those things that I wanted to talk to Sammy about because just think about this for a moment. When I arrived on campus at Florida State, it was, it was Dion and Sammy. What would it have cost NIL-wise – to get Sammy Smith in 2024 on campus. I mean, he was a legitimate superstar at Florida State. And again, he he didn't have the same type of um, promotion and charisma and all about me, the cockiness of Dion. Dion got all the headlines. But but Sammy Smith was, was right there uh, as the number two guy uh, during that time. At Florida State. So, again, the book is called My Name is Not 18121-018. Sammy Smith. My number was given, but my name was redeemed.
Uh, you can check that out. Brand new book that is out. Thank you for uh, Sammy Smith joining us. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. I got a couple of things I want to throw out here. Um, this one came a little bit earlier today. I was reading. All right, I find myself diving back um, to my hometown in Boston, even though my divorce is still on with Boston sports. I, I still like to be connected as to uh, what is going on. I saw that Jimmy Williams died today at the age of 80. He got the manager of the year for the Red Sox back in 1999. I'm not proud of this, but I'm also not going to run away from it. And uh, I was reading about him. This is when I ran into the story that involved Belichick in Jacksonville. I'm going to get to that as we begin our next hour. But I, when I was doing national radio in Chicago from 2000 through 2006, that, that was during an era of sports radio where it was really collar intensive. And if you remember longtime sports radio listeners, if you remember radio then, when I got here on the ball in the mid-90s, and it, it, it you know, you come out and say 13 words and then let's go to the phone lines. That that's that that was that era. Well, I used to do something called the Jimmy of the Week, named after Jimmy Williams. And it would be the most ridiculous, absurd things that happened that week, either in sports or maybe it was off the field or off the court. And of course there's always a litany of of transgressions and things that happen. And I did it after Jimmy Williams because I thought he was the worst in-game manager that I ever remember for the Boston Red Sox until Bobby Valentine came around uh, years later. And, and, and you got to put it in context. This was in the early 2000s. This was during the time that Boston hated everyone and everything because they hadn't won a World Series, right? And then it finally happened, you know, a, a few years later uh, with Grady Little or, you know, Terry Francona. You know, obviously Grady left Pedro in uh, in 2003, and then Tim Wakefield, now the late Tim Wakefield, gave up that home run to Aaron Boone. But it all changed with Tim Wakefield, uh, with, with Terry Francona. Uh, but anyway, I just, so rest in peace. I mean, um, I could run and hide from it, but I, it was a big part of what I did for several years, including when he became the skipper in Houston. And I was on in Houston every night on AM 610, just like I was on in Boston uh, every night. And, and those two audiences were very involved in the Jimmy of the Week. It, it was actually a pretty big hit during that style of radio during those particular years. Anyway, rest in peace, um, Jimmy Williams. I'm going to get to the other side of what I thought uh, I saw. And then I was like, are you kidding me? It's already there. NBC Sports in Boston already planting the seed, and we're not even into February yet when it comes to Belichick and the Jaguars. It's next. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Put Lou Graham forward into the Hall of Fame, please, would you? Just do it. Hey, even the great ones rest on a Monday. That's the Blue Crab Crab House. But do you realize that in just two days, Mardi Gras all month long at the Blue Crab Crab House, Creole and Cajun entrees like black and red fish and creamy shrimp sauce. How about oysters Bienville? Shrimp etouffee, shrimp sausage gumbo. Let me say that one again. 
shrimp sausage gumbo. All right? Creole fried catfish, you name it. It's the Blue Crab Crab House. They change the menu up during certain times of the year, and they certainly do during February. It is Mardi Gras month, only at the Blue Crab Crab House. Again, they rest today. They're back at it tomorrow. So we'll see you out there. Right off of San Jose on Jillington Creek Road. Getting a, got a lot of good response here from listeners on Sammy Smith. I, I, I think everyone, not everyone, there's a lot of miserable people out there and a lot of bitter people out there. But I think for the most part, a good human being likes a redemption story, right? And, you know, I mean, I, I feel a little bit closer to it only because, and I guess in, in, in that point in my life, I was probably in awe of Sammy Smith. I mean, he, he ran the campus, right? He was the, and he had it all. Um, but then to lose that and to get involved with cocaine and distributing of cocaine and, and just have everything collapse, um, feel really good about it. What else I feel really good about, JJ? I was given today from the sheriff here in town, uh, my buddy TK Waters, this, let me put it up here so the folks on YouTube uh, can see it. It's. I don't know what you would call it. It's a badge. It's basically a badge. Yeah. It's like um it's pretty official. I mean uh, it has like the seal of the city or or the whatever you would call it. A Jacksonville uh, police sheriff dedication service honor community. The back is just incredible. I mean, it's got the beautiful blue water there, right? Going cruising through Jacksonville. Let me see. I don't see the jail on there, uh, but I, but I, <laughs> I see, the beautiful I see water. some great stuff downtown. And I, I got with TK recently, and I said, you know, whenever we, we got to do it one night, I got to bring you in, and we got to we got to sit around and kick it a little bit. Uh, T Wig and I used to do that back in the day on midday chalk with uh, with TK. But um, tell him I need one of those badges that I can flash next time I. Get caught going 66 miles an hour on Southside Boulevard. Well, what do you do in this situation? <laughs> I mean, you know, let's just say worst case scenario. Let's let's say I, and this just is like, oh, I drop it, like drop it accidentally out of your wallet while you're like getting your ID. Oh, sorry. I, I dropped this fake badge I have given to me by your boss, who right, I'm good right. friends with. So, total hypothetical, because I, I absolutely do not drive when I drink. Uh, case in point, we had an unbelievable round. My, my my girlfriend wasn't feeling good. She was really up against it on Saturday. So we had a 1.15 tea time. I, I drove to Cimarron. We had 28 of us, seven foursomes. It was an unbelievable birthday party. And let me tell you something right now. Cimarron, um, I'm going to keep on keeping on. You got to go check it out over there. And get to me, 641-1010 on the text line about your lifetime enclosures. You cannot believe the improvement of this golf course. But anyway, we got after it. Yeah, I just left my vehicle there and went and picked it up, you know, on, on Sunday morning. But let's just, hypothetically speaking, let's let's take it like a worst-case scenario. Let's you, say you I got was a the, beer between your legs. Let's say I was <laughs> to pull out of Glenn's Liquors, and I'm just going sideways down south side. Okay? And all of a sudden, I hear the, 
and you get pulled over. That's the worst. What do you, if I've got this now, do, do I have it, you know, right there by the, I mean. As he walks up to your window, just have it showing. Don't do worry, I, officer, I got it. Do I have it I got mounted? It from here, sir. Do I have it mounted on the, uh, I mean. <laughs> now, there is those things uh, um, where if you're like a friend or related to a cop or something, it, they get, have a card. You know, that's like a, a paternal or a fraternal order of police or whatever it's called. I know people are going to text in about it, but there is a thing. And I get it every year because I, I God, paid. God, I'd be flashing that like crazy, well, man. I always give that away oh, because you put it on your. That's gold. You put it on, you know, the back window. And be um, like, this is, hey, I give you money. Well, it's really easy. to part get, of the deal. Yeah, but you can get away with it. You can, you can pay like 25 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's really you know, twenty five more bucks than most people pay. I'll give you my next one, please. I'm not giving oh you this. Oh my god! I'm not giving you this badge. Well, it's got your name on it. Okay, but you know, <laughs> what I got now? What I got to figure out is where where does this badge go on my key GMC Sierra truck, where everyone needs to know that hey, I'm untouchable. Maybe you this just is what I have. Wear it every day, <laughs> like a chain. Have a chain I, put through. Oh, like, those are the badass cops. You I know, love like the them. undercover like the, ones. You were talking about the guys from The Wire. Yeah, oh, they all wore it on chains. Yeah. Absolutely. That was, like, the only reason I, if I was ever going to be a cop, I just, my first thing was, like, am I guaranteed to get to wear one of those chains <laughs> with the badge that's right no. there between my chain? You when know. you're a traffic cop, you don't get that. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, this is, uh, this is really nice. Thank you to TK Water. It looks official. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, speaking of our first responders, huge fire downtown. Yeah. Last night up until the wee hours of the morning, that new, if you haven't heard, I'm sure you've seen it before, but right next to the baseball field, there's that new apartment complex being built that was supposed to open March 1st. It has like a roof had a rooftop bar, and it was just like fancy, fancy schmancy, as my mom yeah. says. Dude, it was like lit up like a Christmas tree That's last awful. night for hours, and they're gonna have to tear it down. Unfortunately, some of the local businesses next door, like Intuition Ale Works, has to close. Like while they make it safe, I guess I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. Oh. Sad, man. That is sad. As if downtown needed another gut punch. Mm. Boy, they've been working on that for quite some time. Oh yeah. That's difficult to hear. Imagine if you're supposed to move in. Like in a month. No, that's that's not good, boy. I wasn't aware of that until you told me. Yeah, which, the videos are crazy. I don't know how I missed it. I'm pretty in tune with with things that are going on, but that that is tragic. So Luckily, gonna have to nobody's all hurt. That. You know, it's a uh, it's an empty apartment complex. But a few years back, you know, it's probably like what eight, nine, ten years back. Didn't they have like a similar problem? With that on San Jose, like right across from where the the old Hooters is, there still is a Hooters there. But that little section of town, or or maybe they just stopped building it. But it became really odd. They were like three quarters of the way done constructing it. Yeah, 2019. Uh, and then something happened. They just stopped. They just completely stopped building. San um, Jose condominiums. Yeah. I, I guess that wasn't a fire. Anyway. Hate that. I hate that. No doubt about it. 
right. Uh, I promised you uh, the the, uh, the Belichick story. Um, we're just a little bit long-winded here. That is coming up next, and that I do promise. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Never the offseason around here. Are you kidding me? Always something going on. Your Jacksonville Jaguars. A little bit slow today. That's okay. There will be news coming out in the very near future. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Outside of Mike McCarthy in Dallas, and perhaps you can say the same in Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, the hot lists, uh, the hot seat lists will start coming out during the offseason. And despite nine and eight years, Doug Peterson's firmly going to be on there uh, for a variety of reasons. Okay. Um, yes, he's won. He's certainly won more than anyone else around here, right? When you look at winning records uh, all time, uh, I'll have to look at Coffin. I think Coffin might be 68 and 60 lifetime. I want to say Jack Del Rio has 68 career wins, but the winning percentage favors Coughlin uh, over Del Rio. Anyway, um, there are reported issues with an ongoing rift in the front office. Trent Baalke last week absolutely flat out denied it, but that's kind of expected. That's the norm in these type of situations. Bill, you know, Bill Belichick didn't get a job. Thought he would. Uh, certainly Atlanta. I thought if Dallas or Philadelphia fired their coaches, he'd end up there. It appears he's not going to get a job. So what came out today, um, I'm reading um, NBC Sports, uh, NBC Sports Boston, which is, well, it's uh, it, it's kind of tough to explain. It's it's um, there's a television show, the, television shows. There's uh, obviously a lot of stuff online for their particular website. And it's like their local ESPN. Yeah, that that's probably the best way to define it. And you know, a lot of guys that used to be in the Boston Globe or the Boston Herald or on local television or sports radio, whatever they, they many have navigated to uh, this particular entity, which has become really popular uh, there in Massachusetts. Well, today they had a big article on, you know, where will Belichick end up in 2025? And it listed seven jobs. Okay, interesting enough, Dallas wasn't on there, which shocked me. But you had Philly, you had Buffalo, you had Cleveland, you had the New York Giants, you had Minnesota, and you had Tampa Bay. The third team they listed was Jacksonville. And you know, everyone else, they're talking about this and this storyline, this storyline, this story. With Jacksonville, they just cut right to the chase. There's always been a feeling that perhaps Bill Belichick would like to go to a small media market. <laughs> Enter Jacksonville. And there you go. So that was thrown out there. A little bit earlier today, and I, you know, I put it on Twitter, and I was like, "All right, well, what do you make of this?" I mean, I'm not giving up on Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson is still a really good coach. Doug Peterson beat Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl. Okay, I, I'm not, I'm not done with him, the way that many people in this town are done with, let's say, bulky, impressed Taylor. I'm not there with Doug Peterson. I, I am a little bit more concerned this offseason than I was 
last offseason, even though I think I said at the top of this segment there is no such thing as the offseason here in Duval. Anyway, I do feel differently. There was some miscommunication this year. There were some things that he did that, that um, really surprised me, and I don't need to go through them all. But I, I do feel a little bit different than I did a year ago. I, I, I still think he's the man for the job, okay? I, I think there has to be perhaps a harder line um, as far as uh, point A to point B, getting to point A to point B, a little bit more player coach responsibility as opposed to we'll fix it. Uh, no, it's it's got to get fixed this year. But, you know, worst case scenario, this team gets off to an awful start. What if it did completely get blown up? And I believe that that is going to be a part of this year. If this thing goes south, the whole thing comes to an end, including Doug Peterson, including Trent Baalke. Now, I don't know that. I certainly felt that absolutely before the press conference with uh, with Trent Baalke the other day. I got out of that press conference the other day with Trent Baalke thinking, uh, this team could go 4-13, and 13, and he's going to find a way to hold on to his job. Okay, but, but that story we've gone through, and we'll certainly go through that again in time. That's not what we're getting at right now. But that's, that's what we're, we're looking at. If it's a really bad year, where are you in the world of blowing that whole thing up and then bringing in Bill Belichick? And it's going to be Bill Belichick at the age of 73. And Bill Belichick, who's 15 wins away from breaking the record of Don Shula. It it, it almost seems pompous to say, nah, Jacksonville's good. Go in a different direction. Go for a younger, uh, you know, a younger coach, a guy that's got a little bit more fire in his belly, a guy who, whether he has experience, doesn't have experience. In, in, in what seems like such an overwhelming, hell yeah, the guy's won six Super Bowls and he's been in many other Super Bowls. He didn't have a quarterback. He hasn't had a quarterback since Brady. Now, it's his own fault. He's actively been the general manager. We saw what happened around here when you have one guy doing two things, Coughlin calling the play, a Coughlin making the decisions, and then coaching them. It got you to an unbelievable high, and then also a crushing low both times, including the second time when he came back and he was, you know, the eye in the sky, if you will. So what was so obvious as a yes, 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 I don't know if it becomes so obvious at the age of 73. Where are you with this? Under the scenario that this thing is broken and Peterson and Bulky are gone, I you go after it. him? I love it. I Hayes Carline was saying this offseason they should have gone after him. I yeah, remember. Yeah. I I don't get the whole, yeah, he's really old, he's past his prime. I mean, I he probably is past his prime, but I think he's still got some years left in him. I thought he did a pretty damn good job this year. I mean, like, that team had nothing. I, I think he's a terrible GM, so I'm separating the two. I'm saying as a coach, he did great. That team had nothing on offense. They fought like hell. They were, you know, competing in pretty much all the games the second half of the season. I thought that he coached them up on defense. I think that's 
desperately what this team needs. Um, bring somebody in to call the plays, to work with Trevor. Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and ex- that would be great. And have a guy who everyone respects, who can make th- make sure everything's in order, everyone's communicating. Yeah, I, I think that would be amazing to have Belichick here for a few years. Josh McDaniels has, has failed twice, miserably. As a head coach. Miserably. He's an outstanding offense coordinator. Right. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So it's, you know, I feel like we're getting ahead of it just a little bit. Yeah, here's the, the deal. It's this is going like, to be brought up a lot this offseason. But here's Find me for saying offseason. I refuse to say offseason. It's different than baseball or basketball. While, like, if your coach, if you start out bad, you can fire him, bring him in. Like, Belichick, it's not like even if you fire Peterson in week three, it's unheard of. To bring in a guy, yeah. you know, from the outside to take over midseason, that does not happen in football. So, yeah, we're talking about something basically two years down down the road. It's something that never happens outside of what the Colts did last year. Yeah, Jeff Saturday. They got the guy off the ESPN set. But that was an interim thing. Yeah. They were, I, yeah. I'm assuming they never thought about bringing him in full time. Oh, no. Yeah, but it, no. Even though he needs the wins – Belichick's ego. He wouldn't. Do there's that. no way he'd come in yeah. midseason. He he wants a camp. He wants his own it, hires. He and, and 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 here's the part. Okay, Bill Belichick has done a really bad job drafting. Let's go back and look at New England the last couple of years. He's been his own worst enemy. I gotta believe. He's going to want that type of responsibility no matter where he goes next unless he's smart enough to understand, all right, let me go to a place that has a quarterback, let someone else ahead of me make the decisions. Hopefully the relationship is good enough where I can absolutely have more than an opinion on it, that you know he's still the decision maker, but Bill Belichick becomes the guy adds and offers a tremendous amount in what the team should do in free agency in the draft, but he's not putting his actual touch on that final right. decision. I actually think it was – I don't know if he did that on purpose in Atlanta, but the word on the street is that Atlanta didn't want to give him all of that power. Mm-hmm. That's why he didn't get hired. I think he dodged a bullet there. I think the Atlanta job is heinous. I think the quarterback situation sucks, and you're like right in the middle – where you can't get a better guy in the draft and you're not going to get a guy in free agency. So, like, that would have been bad for Belichick, I think, taking over Atlanta. I think he dodged a bullet there. And, yeah, imagine he sees a job opportunity after having to sit out a year where there's already a quarterback in place. He can easily pass the record in a couple years. And their only thing is, yeah, but you can't be the GM. I think that he would probably swallow his pride at that point and take the job. All right, let's let's rank the jobs. And Dallas wasn't here. It's not on it, which is baffling, because Dallas will come up. But anyway, just for the conversation, I'm probably going to put Jacksonville in number three. I, I think right, – here are the teams. Philly, Buffalo, Cleveland, the Giants, Minnesota, and Tampa. Buffalo has to be one. You got Josh Allen there. They're a playoff team every single year. He knows that division so well. He's faced him twice a year forever. That has to be the number one job. You agree or disagree? If we're talking about to win, 
Yes. Yeah. But like, if you're a 73 year old guy, you're thinking about your lifestyle and like where you want to live and stuff. But yeah, if we're just going, if this is just on football decision, absolutely, yep. I go Buffalo one, probably the Eagles two. Yeah, I go Philly two. And then you get the three, and it's interesting. I mean, Cousins is out of Minnesota, but we don't know what Tampa's going to do. Do they keep Mayfield? New York is in a very similar situation that uh, that New England is in. They, they don't know what to do with Danny Dimes. Cleveland invested Ugh. all of this in Deshaun Watson. Got all this money invested in him and several more years. Is, is that the place? And, and remember that Bill Belichick, was a one-time coach for the Cleveland Browns. Bill Belichick's only playoff victory ever in Cleveland was when he beat Pete Carroll in the New England Patriots. Um, I think Jacksonville is probably the third best, maybe even the second best job. I was about job. to say, if you're comparing at that point, you're just looking at quarterbacks, Hurts versus Trevor. To me, Trevor's always had a way bigger ceiling than Hurts. You know, I, I would expect about 90% of people who – cover and follow the NFL would say Hurts is a better quarterback than Trevor right now. Can't argue with that. But to me, the ceiling is much higher for yeah. Trevor. And if you're Belichick, uh, there's not even a close – like, who's the fourth out of all those quarterbacks? There's, there's Deshaun, not, maybe? Yeah. Like, do you really want to risk that? Uh-uh. That's a mess over there. And, you know, the, he's a smart dude. And he's immune to a lot of things, but they nailed it in the article. If you're Bill Belichick and you need 15 wins, would you rather deal with the day in, day out grind of Philadelphia mm. or come here? And you know, I'm always defending our colleagues and I'm always defending the media, but there isn't a comparison. And I'm not, I'm not talking down myself and, and everyone else that I work with, but we're not Philadelphia, okay? We're, we're, th- there's not a pack full of contrarians here who are secretly hoping that Jacksonville loses because it improves their ratings or you know, improves their subscriptions or clicks or whatever it is, okay? Th- there's not. Th- there's just not around here. And there are in Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. He's dealt with that. He. He wouldn't have to deal with that here. Again, but that may mean nothing to him. To him, it may just... See, everyone's going to be like the 15 more wins. I I don't think that that's what it's all about for Bill Belichick. I think his ego is, give me two to four years, I want to win a Super Bowl. That's what I think it is. I want to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Where I'm going to pick my job. The Atlanta thing didn't work out. Is that Dallas in a year? Is that Philly? Is that Buffalo in a year? Is is it here in a year? I think he's going to want to go where there's a quarterback and where he believes he has that chance. I could be totally wrong. I just don't think the 15 wins is, hey, let's win them. It takes two years and I'm Call it a day. Yeah. I don't think that's it. I I think that's part of it. I agree with you. But Uh, I think he wants to legitimately try to win a Super Bowl. And while I'm doing it, I'll easily break the record. So he's not going to go to the New York Giants. He's not going to go to the Minnesota Vikings. He's not going to take a job like that. He's going to go someplace where there's a quarterback. And 
that's how I feel. All right, final thoughts coming up with you tonight till 8. Hacker Nation will join you then. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All right, a few days left. All those January incentives, simply outstanding over at Key Buick GMC. Right across the street from uh, Tinseltown, Southside and Gate. Love my Key GMC Sierra truck and the uh, the GF, the uh, the Buick Enclave, which she got from Key as well. Uh, 24s all over the place, 23s uh, that are still new as well, so. Say hello to uh, Derek out there, Brian out there. Brian's a real happy Michigan national champion. Probably down a little bit on uh, the Lions after what happened yesterday. But uh, anyway, and they'll have brand new incentives in February. Uh, I'll start giving those to you uh, coming up here a little bit later on this week. I I, I tell you what I want to do today. I want to go back to our interview, uh, the conversation we have with Sammy Smith. If you missed it, um, you can get it. Uh, by by going and listening to our uh, show on demand uh, on our website, um, but I'm going to get Sammy back on. Uh, I, I do want you to get an opportunity though to to pre-order his book. He's got some copies before the official release, and it's a story of redemption. All right, the ultimate high and then the ultimate low. Sammy Smith, man, star, ninth pick in the draft. You know, went to the Miami Dolphins, had a problem fumbling the football, but he had the millions of dollars and everything came crashing. Uh, distributing cocaine, went to uh, federal prison. And the name of his book is, my name is not 18121-018, which is the number he was given, uh, as he said, uh, the federal number he was given when he was an inmate. He said, my name is not that. And... My number was given, but my name was redeemed. It's Sammy Smith writing it with uh, New York Times bestselling author uh, Tim en- uh, Tim Enox. So you can get that by going, just Google Sammy Smith book, and it'll come up. It's S-A-M-M-I-E, uh, Sammy Smith. And uh, I'm going to order it. I'm, I'm going to read this as well, and then we'll have Sammy back on. Uh, to talk about it, but uh, I really enjoyed that interview with him earlier, and I do appreciate it. Again, you can check out his new book. My name is not 18121-018. My number was given, but my name was redeemed, a book out by former Florida State Seminole and Miami Dolphin, Sammy Smith. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Hacker Nation is in. Let's kick off another week. Yeah, well, we've got a Super Bowl matchup. Uh, boy, if you're in Baltimore or Detroit today, both of them, who feels more sick to their stomach, Raven fans or Lion fans? Um, I got to say Lions when you blow a 17-point lead like that. Probably both, but I would probably agree Detroit. I mean, if you're Baltimore, to lose a home game when – the Chiefs don't score in the second half. I know. That's got to be bitter, too. But I love Dan Campbell. I love everything about Dan Campbell. Uh, it was indefensible last night. This whole analytics thing and the gambling man and fourth down and macho and, and just all this nonsense, how you don't kick at least one of those field goals just absolutely blows my mind. He made the right decision before half. Yeah. He took the three points. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I, thought, I thought they were safe. I thought they would be fine. Uh, Brock Purdy, man, every drive in the second half he scored. The guy was 13-16 to 16 in the second half. I think 165, a touchdown. But he also got it done with his legs. And it, it was a f- phenomenal come-from-behind victory. But, yeah, that's going to be very difficult. Uh, the thing that Baltimore that got me, <clears throat> it was so undisciplined. Mm-hmm. I mean, some really untimely penalties. It just crushed them in that game. I had buddies texting me all NFL and Taylor Swift conspiracy. And I'm all for a good conspiracy theory. You know, get the Swifties to watch the Super Bowl as if you need more ratings there. But those Raven penalties were penalties yesterday. I mean, uh, my man, the defensive tackle punched Mahomes in the face when Ultimate Warrior clothesline on WWF style. I mean, Zay Flowers, you catch the ball, you get up, you flex, you stare at your opponent, and you spin the ball next to him? That is taunting. Whether you like the rule or not, that is absolutely taunting. Clowney decides to kill Mahomes after he threw the ball. That's indefensible. And Van Noy wants to give Travis Kelsey a headbutt. Those were all penalties. The taunting, just everything. Yeah. It, it just, um, I, I, I don't know. Do you know. blame John Harbaugh for that, or is that the player's fault? You know, if it, it, it's interesting how that that Mike McCarthy would have gotten blamed for Oh, it. of course. Okay. Um, I wonder if Doug Peterson gets blamed for it. I, I think coaches, if Carroll was still around, or Belichick, uh, or, or in this case, Harbaugh, Andy Reid, I almost feel like they have crossed the line where they're going to say, hey, listen, that's firmly on the players. Right. They have to know that you cannot do things like that. But it's so subjective. I mean, we could argue that up and down. I mean, there's no doubt. If that had been, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some really bad coaches. that, that Arthur Smith. And yeah, okay. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about it. But if that's Mike Vrabel, people are going to be like, Vrabel played the game. He was a tough guy. That's on the players. They have to know that you cannot do Certainly that. a perception issue when it comes to coaches. And then you talk about the game itself. I'll get there hopefully in 13 days, Rick. Obviously, that's the goal is to get there and get fired up. But I was really looking forward to Kansas City, Detroit. Mm. And for San Francisco to come in and steal it last night. I'm not sure if Kansas City, San Francisco does as much for me as Kansas City, Detroit. Really? I'm, I think it's going to be fascinating. I, I mean, Mahomes is entering Brady territory. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah I mean, he is. He's, he is. And, and, and what I think is different, I mean, remember, Brady, they all left. They all left. I mean, there's some Hall of Famers, Ty Law, and, you know, Gronk will become a Hall of Richard Seymour, they got rid of way too soon. But they all left. And a lot of people believe that if Kansas City wins – Andy Reid's gone. Kelsey's gone. Does Mahomes need to get seven, though, to nah. get in the Brady nah. territory? Nah. So that's just a number for you? No, nah, I think if he gets four, he's right up there, second greatest of all time. Yeah. You know, I, and even if he got five, you could still say Mahomes. I mean, you look at what Mahomes has done, and, you know, it's it, – I'm not a big fan of, uh, even though I mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of that whole, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron, and all this. But that's, that kind of seems to be where we're at. I think he's already entering top five all time. I mean, he's, what, tied for third in all-time postseason oh. wins. Travis Kelsey passes Jerry Rice yesterday in all-time postseason receptions. 
absolutely insane what the Chiefs are doing. Yeah, and, and, and what's so different is that it's all Mahomes. I mean, you look at Terry Bradshaw won four, but, man, it's the steel curtain defense. Mm. It's thousand-yard backs with Franco Harris. It's two Hall of Fame wide receivers. It's Hall of Famers on that offensive line. You know, it feels like it's Brady and Manning and uh, in Montana. And, it, it you know, is Mahomes already number four? On that list, I, I don't know. It's Mahomes to Kelsey more potent than Brady to Gronk yeah. ever was at this point. Right now, statistically speaking, it is. The a lot only, of comparisons. The only thing they're lacking is Super Bowl wins. Yeah. The individual numbers are up. All right, what else tonight? Yeah, obviously a lot on the uh, Super Bowl matchup. Monday Night Coaching, we'll have Dave Campo uh, joining us. And Matt Verderam of SI is going to join us from Mobile. Senior Bowl going on right now. We'll obviously preview the Super Bowl and do a little Jaguar late-season collapse talk as well. I was reading about the Senior Bowl earlier today and talking about it, but they, they're thinking they could be as many as 14 first-round picks at this year's Senior Bowl. Talking to Matt, who who just landed this afternoon when I had a conversation with him, he it's a loaded Senior Bowl. Yeah. Loaded Including quarterback. Bowl. Yeah. yeah so Bo Nix is there. Michael Penix is there. It should be a lot of fun. All right. Have a good show. Thanks, Rick. It's going to do it. Thank you to Sammy Smith. Appreciate him tonight. Appreciate you. Tremendous, tremendous stuff from you on the text line, which I do not check now if the show is over. You can always get me. I'm always available. I'm always on call. 641. Uh, I'm always on call on X or on Twitter. Uh, that is Blue1010XL. Tomorrow night, we're on after Helmutson Heels the rest of the week, 6 to 8. Right here on your Home of the Jacks. 